Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Uh, I, I love I love what Nikki has done from a leadership standpoint with her husband Mike and why we why we gave the award last night is they're really passionate about feeding uh, the livelihood of their LOs, you know, and they do about $120 million a month with 100 LOs. Uh, they're just consistent and rocking and supporting their team, and I'm glad we get to spend some time together. Me too. So um, you, you have been an elite for three years, and you are, without question, if we had an award for the best implementer on the planet, I would give that to you. Seriously, because you take ideas and, and you make them work. Let's talk about the big idea of what you wanted to bring to the stage today, which is that whole period of time up front that most LOs do not have a plan of action and what you guys are doing at your company and how you're running it. Well, when you asked me um, to talk about a breakthrough and then you asked me what I wanted to speak about, <laughs> that's exactly where... Um, where I went with that. And what happened was, is I've been with the lead actually for two years. This is my second year. Um, I was really taken back um, when I went to one of your ALEs and I saw the first elite group together and how much they bonded because they were sharing ideas. And for me, I always tell my husband, I, I don't come up with these ideas that we implement. I steal them from other people. And I love being able to be a part of this group of top producers because not only are we able to take these amazing ideas from them, but typically they've already put them in place in motion. So we have the ROI coming back to us already. And so we know that these work. And one of those things that I really wanted to implement inside our business was what would it look like if we spent more time on our leads and the conversion from when we talk to a borrower and take an application to getting a contract. And the funny thing is, is I was going through those pull-through ratios in our company, and so we started working on a system to be able to um, come up with what a pull-through ratio would be between a lead to an application and an application to a closing. And then we set, did an average for the company, and then we went ahead and we took the top 20% of our loan officers and we put the averages of what those pull-through ratios were. So we had a benchmark and then we had a goal. And what it did is it allowed me to take a look at where could we move that needle by just doing a couple things different to increase pull-through ratios. Is it between lead to application or is it from application to closing? And what we found was most of our loan officers had a I call it low-hanging fruit, an opportunity to convert more leads into those applications. And I stole some of the ideas of some of the elite members on putting a campaign in place that would help move that needle. And so I, when I went and interviewed our actual top loan officers, and yes, Cindy Bradley, I'm calling you out on this. Um, I said, Cindy, your poultry ratios are really high. What are you doing between your leads to your applications? And she looked at me and she goes, oh, shit. And I'm like, what does that mean? She said, nothing. She goes, we, we do the consultation, I sit down with the customer, we build that connection, but then I sit and I wait for them to bring me the contract. 
And so in my mind, you know, the light bulb moment was, well, if she's already successful doing nothing, what if she did something? So, so listen to this before Nikki tees off on it. I want you guys to be 100% transparent with yourself. I want you to own this in one of the biggest ways you've ever owned anything. And it's the question, if level 10 is perfect, like Olympic, like you're kicking butt in this area, measure how good you are from that contact to, and then whatever your next point is. Is it, is it a prequel? Is it an application? And, and what does that look like? Because I'm telling you right now, most of you, and, you, and, and if you don't, you, you, you will, and you'll know it, and you'll feel it by, by Friday, but you know, from that time that that loan goes in, if you're doing everything else right, and we have a triggered submission, um, most of those loans should be a, approved and closed, right? So north of 85, 90% should be the number you, you, you look at. So if that is true, and that is static, and that is operationally how you're delivering, then the number that matters the most is the front end number. The front end. The front end. It's the biggest number that most of us in this industry are overlooking. Well, and I see um, day after day, loan officers spending time, energy, and money on going out and getting leads and feeding their pipeline. But what I don't see is once those leads come in and you take your full application, how much time and energy and money you're spending on keeping those clients. So what if we didn't have to add another referral partner? What if your current referral partners didn't have to send you another, you know, an additional lead over the, what they were giving you last year? But we could work harder, we could work smarter and not harder, and we could actually have a higher pipeline number. And what would be required out of us to do so? And with going ahead and adding in a lead campaign and putting in a strategic um, task that you would want to communicate with your customer to continue to grow that relationship and that connection. What if we also included the customer's experience in that? Yeah. So what do you, let's, let's, talk, um, um, let's talk about, firstly, what you then did. What, what kind of tracks did you lay? What do the campaigns look like? You know, you have some omni-channel thinking about texting and voicemail and whatnot. Mm -hmm. but well, I'll work, you know, I'm, we always talk about high trust, high touch, and then high tech. Yeah. And it's interesting because we see a lot of people do it backwards, and high tech is the first thing they work with. So going back with the high trust, high touch, and high tech, being able to utilize all of it, because I look at technology as helping us stay organized, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm very disorganized at home, therefore I have to be extremely organized at work. <laughs> and I use technology to help me do so. And that's where we looked at that camp the campaigns. Yes, there's going to be a foundation of some automatic um, campaign where you're giving out information to your customer. But what if we go ahead and we add a campaign that's high touch? And what would that look like? And how would we do it to where we could have it to where it could be measurable, systemizable, and have the ROI that we're looking at for profit? And at the same time, have happy clients because my, my saying is, is happy clients, happy life. Makes sense. And so how do we keep them happy? And one of the things that I, I really wanted to take a look internally is if I was the client, what kind of communication, what kind of high touch would I want from my loan officer that would help me stay engaged in looking for homes and staying with my current lender? So last night when we were talking about emotional connection, we were talking about empathy. 
<coughs> excuse me, empathy and, uh, and, and relationship, those two things coming together, and then supporting that with connection. What, what I think is, is powerful about Nikki's question is, every time I have an interaction with the customer, do they feel special? Do they feel joy, safety, security? Do they feel honored, treated with respect? Do they feel even blown away, surprised, and just kind of wow, right? I mean, that's the whole client experience. So I, I want you guys to, to hear, especially over the next 15 minutes, how you should lay this out. But before I let Nikki roll with this, I, I want you to do kind of a little exercise, right? So if, if we're looking at metrics, if we're looking at, at optics, everybody in this room should be thinking you do not get paid for busy activity only. You get paid for profitable activity only. That's all you get paid for. You do not get paid to talk to people and not convert them. You get paid to talk to people and have them say yes. So what we know in High Trust Coaching is, is in our dashboards, we're asking you to report five things a day. And I want you to be thinking about this and maybe write these down because it's going to play in then to what Nikki says. So the first thing we want you to be mindful of every day is your total number of conversations with potential borrowers. Okay, so that's the, that's the top number. That number can be supported by two ecosystems. One is the customers you have previously served, done business with, closed a loan for, your database, the living, breathing life of your ecosystem, how many conversations are taking place there, and then the other subcategory of total conversations is how many referrals from your partners, borrowers that are anticipating buying a home in the next one to two years that have the capacity, the desire, and the ability to buy real estate. And when I say one to two years, I'm talking about one to two years because this nurturing thing is going to be hugely important. So those are three things we want to measure. The fourth thing we want to measure is based on all those, what is the percentage of those that lead to a triggered loan into processing? I want to measure that. And that is a convertible number, right? And then the fifth number, which should theoretically take care of itself, is the number from approval to closing. And what should that look like? So at first glance, about 97% of coaching students do not know those numbers. And then within a very short period of time, they're getting triggered every day from us to report those numbers. And what I want you to realize is that for every 1% conversion on the front end of conversations to triggered submissions, is about $2,400 a month to you. So if I can take what Nikki's about to talk about and I can watch my conversion go up three, four, five, six, maybe 8% over the course of a year, when I have an 8% lift over my current conversion, I'm talking about an extra, you know, if you really think about it, about $18,000 a month. Correct. So the question is, are you busy and doing more and talking to new leads, or are you really taking care and talking to the people that you've spent time, energy, and money connecting with? This is unbelievably huge 
to all of us in this room. If you're a business owner, you do not get paid <clears throat> for wasted labor. Not a minute that doesn't materialize into ROI produces any shareholder value. So the question is, we have to become really, really good at follow-up. Really, 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 really good on the front end. That ought to be like, if let me see the hands of you in the room that just know right now you could be better at follow-up. Let me just see your hands nice and high. Okay, so what do you guys do, Nikki? What's your campaign look like? What are your thoughts around that? How do you keep it personal? Well, I think, um, first off, you have to go with wherever your strengths are. So communication style. Um, in regards to putting someone in a campaign, it needs to be systemizable, but we also don't want the customer to feel like they're being put into a system for a plug and play. So I think there's some opportunities there to mix up the communication styles that you have. And so, for example, week one, Week one could be a text message and that you send out to your client. And it has a link to your digital you know, business app if you have something of that nature. Week two would be a follow-up. And that follow-up call would be triggered by your CRM that probably most of you guys have to remind you to give them a call, ask them how the house went, uh, hunting went over the weekend and that did they have any questions in regards to utilizing your digital business card because there is a calculator in there to let them know what the monthly payment would be based off of the sales price. Then week three could be something as simple as a video that you send out with an attachment that has the, you know, keeping current matters, they have a buyer's guide. And in the email or the video that you give to them, customizing it saying, I just came across this, I thought it might be some information that would be beneficial to you and your family while you're looking for your next home. Then you go into the next week, and the next week would be a phone call to follow up with the real estate agent. I notice we haven't received a contract on the Smiths yet. Is there anything that I might be able to do to help you? What challenges are, there ha are they having? And can we brainstorm together to be able to find them the perfect home? I know that the inventory is really low right now. And then you go into your week six. So week six, week six might be another text message. It might be an email that you send out to them. Um, it may have something that maybe there's a graph that came over that you wanted to share with them, but personalizing why you're sending it to them. But all of these are actually custom, but they're in a system that's built behind your CRM so that you're being rem reminded to go ahead and have those high touch points. And, you know, it's just as simple as sending out your needs list. So as we want commitment to our customers, the easiest way to get commitment from them is to ask for all of their financial documents up front which we all know is a follow-up process in itself. But because we're asking for their firstborn child, they typically won't give that firstborn child to another lender once we've collected everything. And so that's another part that can be implemented inside your system with your follow-up. And whenever there's an action item that we need from our customer, it gives us an opportunity to call the customer, to reach back out to them, to explain to them why we need it, and how we're trying to make them have a competitive advantage over other buyers. It gives them the why behind it. But every single time that we're able to go out and touch, you know, touch our client, it reminds them that we're here to guide them and support them, and hopefully that will go ahead and continue to build on the trust and the relationship and the connection with them. So, so think about this right now, and just think about the architecture of, of something like this. And it doesn't have to be rocket science, but it does have to be a commitment of time and and you know one of the one of the laws that I that I, I think is probably most profound in in high trust selling is this entire concept of incubation 
And I think all of you would probably agree in the, in the moment of, of your kind of reviewing your business right now that an extra 30 or 40 minutes a day on that kind of activity, <clears throat> on texting, on phone calling, on even video messaging, um, that alone would start to give you lift in a way that's unbelievable. We're going to show you some, some video tomorrow on different contact points and what that actually looks like. But, I, but I'm sitting here thinking that, that follow-up is first a habit um, and, and, and then I mean, first a concept and then second a habit. And everybody can probably get better at forming the habit even now. We know the concept, right? It's simple. But it's, it's really simple. But, but, but again, I would ask, is there, a, uh, is there a preordained block of time on your day, every day, that you are actively managing whatever your campaign is? And if there's not, then what's happening is we are losing emotional connection. And if we do the high trust interview well with a borrower up front, if we, to Dominic's point, if we do um, the needs list and the presentation, if we do the advice part, if we use Keeping Current Matters, we have an opportunity to have people feel connected every time we do something. And I would just ask you to consider what that would look like. Because I, I guarantee you there's probably 45 minutes in a day that you're spending doing something other than that activity. And right now you would agree that activity follow-up that you're not doing is more important than the activity that you are doing. And it's so painful when you go back and you look at your, your TBD pipeline, your credit-only pipeline, and there's you know, 900 clients in there, and you know <coughs> that they're old, and how many of them went to your competition because you had that face-to-face -face appointment, you thought you knocked their socks off, and then you found out that they bought a home, but they didn't utilize you. I mean, that's painful. So how do we stay in front of them to make sure that they want to come back to us because we're the ones that we're giving them the advice. We were the ones that were following up with them. So that if they did have any questions, we were the one that they came to. And I think that that's where it comes down to the lead conversion and increasing those ratios is just acknowledging that side of it because it is, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. It's, it's real simple. And I know that it's hard to implement things, especially when you're coming back from a big event like this. But I would challenge you in your lead campaign, even if it's just one task that you want to add to what you're currently doing, I'd like to see what that ROI would come back to. I mean, Michael and I were just talking about this in the back. Instead of just going and doing a 12-week lead campaign, just add one task to what you're currently doing and seeing if that changes. I mean, imagine just getting one more loan by adding one more task. And it'd be interesting to see what the statistics would be. So you know, you know the statistics, and you kind of have seen in the last uh, couple years lift. What can somebody expect um, as they as they own this concept? And again, to your point, whether it's figured out immediately and, and perfectly at the start, or whether they add one or two more things. Zoom out for a little bit. Look at your entire company. What have you guys seen in terms of growth in that area? You know, um, with the, the statistics for this year, originally we thought that numbers would be higher than they are. Um, and I think that adding some of these additional um, campaigns or tasks allowed us to maybe not get to where our goals were, but is allowing us to maintain where we currently were last year versus losing loans. And I know that um, with the you know, inventory and, and market movements and where rates are and refis not as high as they currently are, I think that if we weren't implementing some of these campaigns that we would have seen an actual negative turndown. I do think that um, 
it's, it's really fun to uh, watch people grow and have them year after year increase their volume, make it to the President's Club trips. I mean, it's, it's very exciting for those. And I think that, that um, it doesn't matter if you start out and you're doing a couple loans a month versus getting over to that, you know, five to eight, 10, and then 15. It's, it's about just growing your business and working internally in your business to work smarter and not harder. And I think doing some of these small little activities, I call them sales activities, um, the biggest ROI that you'll probably say, see is probably the word of mouth because the more people that you touch, even if they're not ready to buy a home, they have their sphere of influence as well. So you're top of mind to them, and hopefully that in turn will also help you with getting additional referrals during the process versus waiting for the loan to close and then asking for the referral. So there may be one of the gems right there that, that Nikki just dropped, and, and that is why, why do this, right? The obvious is do it because higher conversion yields higher income, right? The more important reason to do it is because if you have a person that you've created this unbelievable experience with. The new world in which you and I live is going to be less about B2B and more about B2C. So if it's gonna be business to consumer and you need to own the piece of the business that makes your goals and dreams come true, every human being that you have an interaction with is gonna be the human being that may unlock the door to 10 more people or 50 more people or 100 more people or you know maybe a thousand more people and so i want you to be thinking right now about this is not only simple but it is mandated for you to have a business that is going to feed you and your family and the economic dreams you have in a way that right now is untapped it's untapped. We have guys and gals in elite right now using this conversion strategy that are watching doors open to small owned companies with 20 or 30 employees to one of our elite members, two different plants in his state that have 2,700 people that he has been introduced to because of a person that they focused on converting, doing a massively beautiful job for coming out the end of the process, a raving wow, word of mouth fan, and it's, it is unbelievable to me to see how many human beings are in the universe that one experience with one customer this way that Nikki's teaching could unlock the door for you. Can you imagine being in a world where one person introduces you to one person that has such a depth of contact and ecosystem that that would be your only account for the rest of your life? Can you imagine that? And what we're seeing is that you have a bigger opportunity for that, the higher the percentage on the front end that you convert at. Every human being is a piece, word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. We know they are 66% more profitable, word of mouth, than a cold lead. 66% more profitable. That's huge. And then after you build this campaign, could you imagine if you went out and you talked to your referral partners and you bragged about your follow-up campaign for those leads? Because now you can tell your referral partners, your real estate agents, you work with the clients that are in front of you yeah. that want to write a contract today. I'll work with the clients that want to write a contract tomorrow and I'll make sure that they find their way back to you when they're ready. And that will be my job being part of your team. 
It's huge, huge. Um, in our six minutes or so that we have left, what are, um, what's one other thing that you're passionate about that you guys are doing at your company that everybody here would benefit by hearing that uh, you know, is kind of, kind of in your wheelhouse? Um, I think one of the things, it was actually two years ago, uh, we had an LO, uh, we call it a rally, but now it's a convention. Um, but we focused on the five-star review. We focused on how to obtain a five-star review from our customers and what would be required in order to receive that five-star review, and that's the elite customer experience. And just like we were talking about the campaign for leads and making sure that it happens with every client every single time, no excuses and no exceptions. The same works for your elite customer experience. What would it take to knock the socks off of your clients to where they were so excited about the experience that they just had with your company, they couldn't wait to tell their friends and family about it? What kind of um, touch points would we be able to implement depending on the emotional state of the client and that milestone throughout the transaction that would wow them to the to the point that they wanted to tell their friends and family about. So we actually hired um, the Ritz-Carlton has a speaker and she came out and she spoke to our company and she spoke about customer service. And um, one of the things she mentioned was is that when they come to go check into their room, they like to watch the body language of the, of the customer because it, sometimes the customer won't tell you when they're not happy about something. So if they wanted to be on a higher floor versus a lower floor, you could watch their body language, even, they, even though they said, yeah, that's, that's okay, that's, a, that's an okay room for me. But what happens is when they get to that room and the faucet starts leaking, or they didn't have enough towels, or the person next to them was a little bit louder, they complain more because they didn't get the room at the beginning that they wanted. And I think we can take that with our current customers and watch their body language, and as we're going through the transaction, make sure that we're asking that question is, is what I'm offering you right now worth five stars to you? And asking for that feedback. We have John Kay who works um, in our Danville office. And one of the things that he does is he sets himself up at the beginning that my goal is to get a five-star review from you. So at any point in time during the transaction that you don't feel that I'm giving you that service, please let me know so that I can take care of it before we close on the loan. And I'll continue checking in with you to make sure that we're on the same track of reaching the goal of an elite customer experience. And then you can go ahead and add those additional touch points that we've, that I've stolen from a lot of my elite friends, um, where you have a menu when they show up and it has their name on it. And on the back it has the needs lists that are pertain to their particular file. Um, you're able to have, sometimes you can have a, a VIP sign outside the door so when they go to find their parking spot, it doesn't say Wallach and Volk only, others will be towed, because that's kind of negative, they might be our client at some point, um, but it would say VIP parking for Wallach and Volk clients reserved. And then when they come into the, to the office, wow them with knowing that they were expected. Your, your front desk person would actually greet them by name before they even told them who they were because they were, ex they were already being, ex you know, ex um, we knew that they were coming into the office and so we're letting them know that. Those are just the smaller touch points, but then work on the emotion. So the client, typically after they've given you all of those documents, they're a little upset they're not in the best mood because it wasn't a fun process for them. But turning that around and having a script where you say, now that you've, we received all your financial documents to support your loan file, 
do you feel comfortable and confident to now submit an offer on your next dream home? Well, hopefully the answer is yes. But then you're turning around on that negative emotion that they already are currently feeling because we're the bad people at this, that point in time and telling them that we're here to support you and the reason that we did this was to make sure that your offer is accepted over other buyers. A lot of people won't tell their friends and family that they're in the process of purchasing a home unless they absolutely know without a doubt they're gonna be closing on that home because it would be a little embarrassing. So at the point of the appraisal, that's typically when the emotions start to come down a little bit. Once we reviewed the appraisal, what if we send them a digital card to their office? And when you open up the card, it's a picture of the front door. Linda Davison and I talked about this in Elite. And it's, the front, it's actually a picture of their front door that we got from their real estate agent. And then behind that is a video with you and your team saying, Hi, Mrs. and Mr. Smith, we're so excited for you. You're one step closer to the front door of your next home. We've just received your appraisal. We've reviewed it. We'll be giving you a call shortly. And congratulations on your soon, you know, your soon closing. And that way they can run around to all of their coworkers and show them this digital card that has your information all over it. And then they hopefully will mention, you know what, I've, I've thought about maybe getting pre-qualified. How was your experience with your lender? and hopefully that will help get one more referral out of it. And it's just those smaller touch points. And then when you go into your, your closings, before they go into a closing, it's nice to get a phone call just double checking with your client to make sure they understand all of their terms and their conditions so that if they have any question, it doesn't happen at the title company. And therefore, after you, you're done, then you can ask for that five-star review. And people look at reviews. You had the statistics up there. They huge. do watch them. Huge, huge, good. Um, I don't think one person in this room would ever, ever be, um, what am I looking for? I don't think there's a downside for any person in this room to make your customer experience better than you ever have. And my hope by Friday with some of the panels I know coming up and certainly Nikki with what you've shared is last night I said the, the thing I would park my future on is the customer experience. And these things that Nikki has talked about just absolutely become part of the, the glue, the trust glue that keeps the relationship together. And so I'm really grateful that you're here. Congrats again on your Thank award you. last night. And uh, let's give Nikki uh, a big round of applause. Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you. I wanna make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.